Hey church, we are continuing our Revive one another series. I hope that that's been happening for you. I hope that there's been a revivification of community, of your soul, of just learning about who Jesus is and what John is trying to communicate to us through the book of 1 John, learning through this entire book, through this series. And as I've told you before, uh, what we're doing is just reading the passage, mm-hmm. meditating on meditating on it, and asking the Lord what he wants to speak to us, how he wants to form us, and how he wants to form our church through that. So I have Jamie with us here today. Hi, everyone. And I'm excited for this. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah. And so it's cool to be here together and uh, to go into the scriptures together. I say done this in a while here, but Jamie and I talk about the scriptures all the time together. Yes, we do. And just... To forewarn you, this could be our longest one. <laughs> it won't be. We'll, we'll keep it tight. But uh, we could talk forever about the things of God. Yeah. And that is so cool. I love that relationship with you. And I'm glad you're here to do this with me today. Yeah. Um, and so this passage in particular, we're talking about one another, sorry, one another light. Mm-hmm. So light is a theme through this entire passage, which we'll talk about and tie into everything we, we're, well, that John says, which um, ironically enough, you have your illuminated <laughs> Bible here, which is yeah. pretty cool. My giant Bible. Yeah, yeah. And right here, there's looks like light is coming in. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. So let's jump in, guys. So the first word in this passage, starting in verse 7, is beloved. Now, that's different from before where it was little children in verse 1. Now he switches to beloved. And so just talk about that. What, what is that? What emotions does that stir up in you? What, what, when, he says, when he says that or if someone were to say that to you, what would that make you feel like? Mm. How would that make you posture yourself? You know, what, like why does he put that in there, you think? Yeah, I think uh, when I think of beloved, I think of... Um, belonging oh yeah like i belong to someone so there's kind of that like affection Hmm. right that like warmth um and that identity piece of a feeling like oh this is someone i belong to yeah yeah yeah. guys last week we talked about identity and emily talked about how john starts there by saying who we are Mm. in christ and you just hit on that Uh, there's an identity there. He's reminding us again of our identity in Christ, Mm -hmm. that we are beloved, that we belong, that we are his. Mm -hmm. And as he says in John, nothing can snatch us out of the father's hand. And so I love that. John doesn't have to put that in there, Yeah, but he does. He's like, hey, you guys are our beloved. And also he's saying it probably as a, uh, or he is also saying it as an extension of Christ. You're my beloved, mm. right? Like in Christ and I'm, he's like, I'm abiding in Christ. I'm dwelling in Christ. So now as an extension, I look at you that way, mm. which opens us up to community. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, if you're in Christ, well, and, and I'm his beloved and you're his beloved. Well, then we're also each other's beloved. There's a yeah. belonging there that transcends so many other things, transcends our differences. And um, I mean, even our similarities, sometimes when people are so similar, they butt heads, right? Yeah. Um, 
it transcends all those because we belong together in Christ Jesus. So mm -hmm. I love that. I love that that's what you picked up on, this belonging. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I'm writing, to you, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. Uh, and I, I just think that's funny because my first question or my first thought was, well, why? Why is he not giving us anything new? Why is he just reminding us of the old? Mm. And I was like, well, that's probably because we don't do the old very well. So why move on to the new? Why move on to a new one when we don't do the old one very well? That's right. That's right. Well? Uh, and so I thought, okay, I, I should probably start. I should probably do the things that I know to do. I just need to do those things better. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's, that's the difference. So let's talk about what you've seen in this passage, what the Lord has uh, spoken to you and revealed to you through these like really powerful verses. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's just start there. Yeah, so I really feel strongly that um, it's kind of reimagined love for me because hmm. I I feel like everyone talks about love, butterflies and rainbows and all of that. And you think um, like love is very pretty hmm. um, and so is so is the things that come with love. But the reality is that love is so hard. Wow. And love, I see love in light, right? And that's Jesus. And I feel like this passage is telling us to emulate love properly, yeah. to actually love well, wow. which is not easy. If you yeah. keep reading it, um, it talks about how uh, when you're not in the light, you're mm -hmm. in darkness. And then it talks about hating your brother. And so I was asking myself, I'm like, what is, what is light in the, in the context of darkness and hate? Which for me, I was like, oh, must be love. Hmm. But then I thought about what is required of yourself when it comes to love. And I was like, grace and forgiveness. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. And the thing is like, those concepts seem so, and it's so biblical, right? Like it's all over the scriptures, but when you actually have to be in that place, it's like selflessness and you have to die to yourself, like literally die to yourself mm -hmm. um, and your pride. And I, I realized that so differently this time that we have to just yeah. lay down our pride. Yeah. Yeah. So even grace sounds pretty. Yeah. Right? It sounds, and we name, people are named Grace. Right. Right? Churches are named Grace. Mm -hmm. Like it sounds, it sounds, like you said, love sounds like it's, it's all. Smooth. Yeah, yeah. But love is war. Yeah. Right? Wow. Love, love, well, to quote an old song, love is a battlefield. <laughs> That's an old song. Yeah. Are you like millennials and Gen Z? You're like, love is a battlefield. What? <laughs> But um, was it Pat Benatar? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love is a yeah. All right, go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan can put that in the soundtrack. Like, uh, so, um, yeah, lo love is war. Like, you have to go to battle. And grace looks pretty, too. But that's because I think when we think of grace and forgiveness, we're like, yes, give me grace and forgiveness. Yeah. I'm receiving that. But what happens when we are the ones who are supposed to love, when we're the ones who are supposed to give grace, when we're the ones who are supposed to give forgiveness, that's where we're like, oh, 
Yeah, that's hard. That's mm-hmm. hard for me to give forgiveness. That's hard for me to, like grace is unmerited favor that establishes an intimate relationship. That's mm-hmm. the a biblical definition of grace. It is getting what you do not deserve. So it's, it's me giving you something when you have hurt me and harmed me that you don't deserve at all mm-hmm. in order to reestablish a relationship with you. That's what the father does. Yeah. I get, and so it sounds pretty when you're receiving it, but when, but we're called to give it because we've received it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, that's, that's hard, which that sets us up for what he's going to talk about yeah. in, in this passage. I mean, the crux of our faith is on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Jesus, the father forgives us. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't forgive. Yeah. Like, we hold back. And I think like that is a that is so unfortunate because how can we look like Jesus if we're not even willing to do the one thing that our whole faith depends on? Well, he says we we can't, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So so here he says, uh, the old commandment is a word that you've heard. So we're talking about old commandments here. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to forgive one another. Show grace to one another, love one another. Those are old commandments that we all know that are simple, that there's nothing like very, like there's nothing new about those things and there's nothing incredibly confusing about those things. It's like, no, you just love one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus says his last commandment, that his new commandment that he gives them as uh, to his disciples is to love one another, like we'll know the world will know we're his disciples, by the way, we love one another. Oh my gosh. Right? And it's and it's like, okay, so nothing new here. So John's like, hey, I'm not giving you anything new. I'm just giving you what you've already heard. And at the same time, he says in verse eight, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So there's a newness to it because now the true light has entered the world and we are light if we choose to be in him, mm-hmm. right? And the darkness, he says, is passing, which is such a cool, uh, I mean, I, yeah, it's just such a cool phrase. The yeah. darkness is passing. Um, I feel like that's a cool book title. The darkness is passing away. Anyways, um, <laughs> the true light is already shining. And the true light made me think of this. Okay, so if... If the sun is true light, like the actual sun in the sky Mm -hmm. in our world, then what are lesser lights or false lights? And I thought of um, like fluorescent lighting, you know, you know how you sit under fluorescent fluorescent lighting and it fatigues you, Mm. like it fatigues your eyes, like it's just not good lighting. Um, It makes people sleepy. It's why they started replacing fluorescent lighting in in all the office spaces because Mm -hmm it's not good for productivity. Yeah. Um, or I also thought of a, a bug. Have you seen those bug zapper lamps? So they're, they're lamps where that attract bugs. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get in there and, <laughs> and, and, and I thought of that picture because so many of us aren't going after the true light and getting our vitamin D, our, our nice tans, our, like the sun gives us so many good things. It provides warmth and comfort and makes things grow. We're going towards the fluorescent lighting that fatigues us, you know, and that fluorescent lighting could could be 
whatever attracts us in this world, mm. whatever is attractive to us. I mean, name your thing, right? Yeah. Um, or it could kill us mm. like a bug zapper lab. Mm. Like, oh, this is a great light. And then boom, mm. it's actually the thing that's killing us. So I don't know. Any thoughts on that before, before we go into the next, next few verses? I was thinking about um, the true light and how it's already here and that darkness is passing it was a very hopeful verse mm-hmm. um because like right after that it talks about darkness itself um and it started it made me realize like like light cannot exist among darkness like light itself is light and you can't you can't have darkness covering it or anything like that and um i feel like having this phrase here saying that darkness is passing, it makes the concept of light so like powerful and overwhelming. And like it, it destroys darkness. Yeah. The darkness flees when the light comes into a room and they just can't, they cannot be together. They cannot coexist. Right. And it's the same thing. Like love and hate cannot coexist. Right. So why don't you read verses nine yeah. and, and as far as you want to go in verses nine and and following and talk about talk about that. Okay, so it says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, mm-hmm. and in him in him there is no cause for stumbling. Mm. And I feel like so recently in my life, I've I realized that I had hate in my heart against a few people actually. And I had to, I, I had to get to an honest place. And I think oftentimes um, we think like, oh, I'm angry, I'm bitter, I have unresolved tension with somebody, or I'm just, you know, and we, we use all these like other words other than hate. But I think the reality is that I had hate in my heart. And And that's because it is hindering, at the least, your relationship with those people. Yeah. At the most, it's destroying that relationship with those people. Yeah. Right? Um, And so whatever word you use for it is you're saying anger, unresolved tension, resentment, whatever word you use for it. The result is a hate, it's a hate-filled response because whether you're hindering or destroying, you are separating yourself from that person. Yeah. And it's sin. Yeah. And sin is death. Yeah. Like I was walking around feeling so sorry for myself Mm. and feeling, you know, wounded and like upset, but I was actually just sitting in this this darkness and I was stumbling. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. my prayers were like all about me and it was all selfish and it was about my justice. Mm. And you know, so much of these moments that we have when we have grievances with people, we just want our own justice. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is our justice, right? Like we don't have to worry about that, you know? and. I think yeah. we we are so focused on trying to get our own healing based on what we think is healing when 
in reality, reconciliation is healing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, what would it, what, well, let's, so let's take these situations. What would it look like for, for you or whoever else to truly understand grace? Because let's say whether you're justified in the way you were feeling or not against that person, um, Grace says, I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. Mm -hmm. Justice can often say, or we use the word justice when actually a lot of times what we mean is vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Can actually say, well, I'm going to get what I deserve and I deserve them to apologize to me. I deserve them to make up for, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Instead of you saying, I want to be like Jesus and I'm going to give them what I believe at this time they don't even deserve. Mm-hmm. How powerful is that to yeah. operate in the grace of God in that way to heal a broken relationship or a hindered one or a destroyed one um, and to model Jesus Christ for that person? I mean, that's what's actually going to restore the relationship. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think also, like, we don't even, like, realize that a lot of the times we're not giving opportunity for reconciliation to happen. Mm-hmm. We're not recognizing our own sin yeah. in in the broken relationship. And I think we just we're just doing a very poor job at loving one another. And I think like that's what I meant earlier when I'm like love requires so much death of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And it requires so much more that we on our own strength cannot muster it has to be the lord and the spirit and i realized too that and the reason why i had even come to this realization is because of the word the scriptures revealed my heart it Mm. revealed the sickness of my heart it revealed to me you know because the scriptures are so clear about unity and mm-hmm. love and bearing with one another. Yeah. And it just is so plain. And yet we're always trying to make it, we're trying to make it something that it's not, you know? Yeah. 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 And you might be there saying, well, I want to be the one shown grace. They should show grace to me. They're a Christian too. They should show grace to me. And that's just the wrong attitude to have. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be the ones to step forward, model Christ well, show grace, whether they're showing it or not. Because your faithfulness is not dependent on another person's faithfulness. It's dependent on Christ's faithfulness. Right. And so it doesn't really matter in this, in your, your own situation, in this situation, who did the sinning. Mm-hmm. Because Christ did none of the sinning. And he showed us grace. Ooh, yes. And and so whether you have a 1% uh, responsibility in this or a 99% or 100% or 0%, grace. Yeah. God's grace is sufficient for us. So it should be sufficient for you to walk forward in it. It should be sufficient for the other person to respond to it. Yeah. And, and because the here's here's why. Because... In verse 11, whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going. When you walk in dark, what happens? You don't know where you're going. You're stumbling. Yeah. You fall on your face. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself. That's right. You're stubbing your toe. You're tripping over things. Yeah. 
falling on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Who gets hurt? You do. Yeah. Like you are hurting yourself when you're in the darkness. So because the darkness has blinded his eyes, is how that verse finishes out. Now let's go back to verse 10 and remind you of this. But whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him there's no cause for stumbling. And then let's go a little bit above verse 9 again. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Mm -hmm. So like you said, they can't coexist. Mm -hmm. Just as darkness and light can't coexist, someone who has hate in their heart cannot coexist with the love of God. Yeah. That's that's a hard word. Yeah. Um, so, so when that was in your heart, how would you say you're experiencing the love of the Father? Yeah, I think... I think I was blind. Like, there's no, there's no other way to describe other than the fact that I felt disconnected. Mm-hmm. I felt disconnected right. to the Lord. I felt disconnected even, like, to people around me who weren't even my problem that I was upset about. I right. just felt disconnected and I felt very alone. And that's what darkness does, mm-hmm. right? And it isolates you. And I felt full of death. Um, and wow. it was very hard for me to like, even with the regular praying in my life, like it was really hard for me to pray and read the word and mm-hmm. be in a regular rhythm because my heart wasn't in the right place. I wasn't yeah. seeking the Lord. I was seeking vengeance. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being so open yeah. and honest with this because I'm sure many people who are watching have either experienced this before or maybe in that place right now. And we hope that helps you move forward because the darkness isolates, it keeps you there, um, and it can anchor you into that. And like Luke says, that shade becomes your comfort. Mm. And the the passage before this ended with abiding. And when we abide in Christ, we walk in the same way he walks. So there's a forward movement in the gale of the Holy Spirit, right? That pushes us forward. And and darkness doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. It leaves us behind. It disconnects us. It isolates us. And not just from the person we have a thing with, but from other... Altogether. Yeah, Yeah. altogether. Especially when the community of faith is um, defined by the love of the Father and we're cutting ourselves off from the love of the Father. Jamie, I've never seen that end well. People Mm -hmm. tell me, oh, I'm just going to take a break from community. I'm just going to separate myself. And I'm like, don't do that. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna go well for you. Yeah. And that's not because I'm saying that. I'm like, because it says that right here, you are yeah. stepping into darkness. Yeah. Um, why would you isolate yourself from all the people who say they want to be here with you and love you and carry your burdens and live this one of the lifestyle for you? It makes no sense. They're just hiding in the darkness of a resentment, a bitterness, um, an offense, mm-hmm. an unresolved tension, mm-hmm. which is all, which are all just euphemistic words for hate. Hate, yeah, yeah. And oh, I, oh. I know, and I think I think our understanding of hate has always been like we just think we know what it means when in reality it's actually a lot deeper. And I I always thought that oh I don't like hate anybody like I just 
don't like this person or, you know, (laughs) like I don't like this quality about that person. Mm. Right. But in reality, it's like, yeah, of course, we're not always going to get along butterflies and rainbows all the time. But love is so different. Love is like it's affection. It's the Lord's love for that person is a love for the image bearer is the love for seeing you know the love for that person who you see god doing amazing things in their life right um and it's it's so much more than what we think it reminds me of another song uh this (laughs) is by a guy named meatloaf (laughs) um his song was i would do anything for love but I won't do that. Oh. Yeah. And he repeats it. But I won't do that. And it's like, oh, well, then that's not real love. Mm. Like, if you're saying, well, I love you, but this just isn't, like, what you did is unforgivable. Like, what, that's not going to, well, that's not, that's not God's love. Mm. Right? Because you're still harboring that unresolved tension in your heart that, hey. Yeah. And, and so I think a lot of us, that's our concept level. Well, I would, I would do anything for love. I, I love this person, but well, But no, if you hurt me. Not that. Not that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is really sad. Um, let's, let's, so let's finish out our time. Okay. By talking <clears throat> about the last three verses here, which is a little poem that <laughs> John puts in here. And each, each. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, couplet refers to, it's almost like a chiastic structure. So it's like, like an X, like each, they kind of, it kind of comes together like this. So he says here, I'm writing to you little children, which he he repeats, he's repeating that because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And then if you go down to verse, the end of verse 13, he says, I write to you children because you know the father. Mm -hmm. So those things go together because our sins are forgiven for his name's sake, which is really key. They're not forgiven for no, our sake. No, yeah, it's for his glory. For his glory, yeah. right? Um, I think so many Christians miss that simple truth. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus forgave me of my sins and I'm forgiven and, and all this, which is true. But it's for him. Mm-hmm. It's for his glory. And if that's the case, then you under, if you understand it that way, he says, then you know the Father. Then verse 13, I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. If you go down to verse 14, I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. He just repeats the same thing. It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> um, you know him. And then the last one, I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. And then... Uh, at the end of verse 14, I write to you young men because you are strong. The word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. So those go together in that sense. Any thoughts on these last so three I th- verses? I think what's really pivotal is um, you are strong and the word of God abides in you mm. and you have overcome the evil one. Mm-hmm. You cannot overcome the evil one without the word of God. Wow. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. And like the word of God allows you to see things clearly. It is the light. Yeah. You know, and I think I think I have that written here. Right. The light revealing the sickness of our hearts, healing it. 
it's the word that heals us, mm -hmm. right? <sighs> yeah, that's good. That's good. The, uh, if you are not in a hear and obey, a, a faith-based, trusting relationship, an experiential relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit, there's no chance for you to overcome the evil one because mm -hmm. they overcame the evil one. The Trinity did. And when we're in, when we're in, in Christ, then that is our reality. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Jesus is the word of God, right? And here, and then God reveals himself to us in this book. And so let's, let's finish out with this. Let's, can you talk about how, when you first read this, Mm. Uh, your understanding of who he was talking about and then now. Yeah. So I, I, my Bible is very old and I have notes from years ago and I have notes from now. And when I first read this passage where it says, um, because you know him who is from the beginning, I have in my notes, it says Jesus. But this time when I read it, I read that it was the Trinity that was there from the beginning. And it just spoke to me about community. Like God has been in perfect community since the beginning and mm. he's calling us to come into that. Yeah. You know, it's not just Jesus, it's the Father, the Son, the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, like all together and we get to join in on that. And I think, I think when we think like, oh, I can have a relationship with God, I don't need church. I think mm. we miss out on what, what the whole point really is, yeah. you know, which is community, perfect community. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's really good. That goes back to um, what Adam and I talked about in the first. Yes. Four Eternal verses. purpose. Mm -hmm. Eternal yeah. purpose to be in that community. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter three. Right. And so uh, we just we want to bless you guys into that. So thanks for being being here today. Thanks for chatting through this. And let's pray and bless, bless the church into this. Father, thank you for your light. Thank you that we have the ability to step out of the darkness into your marvelous light. You've called us out of it. And for those who have hate in their heart, how, whatever terminology they use to describe it, just reveal to them your love for them, that they're beloved. They don't belong there. Mm. They belong in your light. And so bring them out of that. Yeah. Rescue them, Father. And do that in community, that your community will be made known, that we can be a light together as a city on a hill for our city here. We love you, Jesus. Praise in your name. Amen. Amen.